Welcome to the Apple Insider Podcast. This is your host, Stephen Robles. And exciting news this week, the HomePod is back, the big version. We're going to talk about that, plus M2 Pro and M2 Max announced alongside new MacBook Pros, new Mac Mini, so much news. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Collide and ZocDoc, where you can find and book a doctor right in the free app. And joining me to talk about all the M2 and HomePod news, my friend, Wes Hilliard. How's it going, Wes? I think I'm most excited about uh, temperature and humidity sensors this week. That's <laughs> yeah. that's pretty exciting. I'm excited about that, too. I mean, HomePod Mini gets some new features like two years later. So very exciting. So we're going to get into all of that. You know, I think the most important news this week, which I know William is going to be very interested in, is Ted Lasso Season 3 is coming this spring, probably the final season. So Apple announced like eight trailers and 10 TV shows yesterday. It, it was kind of insane. <laughs> it is insane. Looking forward to Ted Lasso. You know, I think hopefully they land it. You know, that first season I still think is kind of like the best. Second season was a good. I hope they stick the landing on season three and end with a bang. So looking forward to that. Also wanted to mention real quick, the Apple Insider Daily Podcast. You might hear some familiar voices on it this past week. There was a random announcement in there that it was no longer happening. That's not the case. And actually, you will hear myself on a couple episodes this week and Mr. Gallagher. You'll actually hear his voice doing that daily podcast periodically as well. So do not worry. The Apple Insider Daily is there to stay, and we will put a link in the show notes to subscribe to that as well. Before we get to all the big news, I did just want to mention one thing, because we talked about Apple Music Sing when that came out last year, you know, back in December. I just want to mention, I actually used it on an Apple TV. We were had a friend over and the entire family was uh, singing to the greatest showman. And we were using Apple music sing on the Apple TV, lowered the vocals and singing along. And it was a lot of fun. So just two thumbs up Apple music sing. Have you done it at all? Have you done like private karaoke there? Steven, I'm just imagining the movie. Uh, I believe it's Step Brothers, where that family just <laughs> randomly sings together in the car. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That is us. I tried it a couple of times. I've showed it to some friends that were visit we were visiting with and uh everyone found it pretty impressive. The you know, turning down the vocals is really fun. So it's yeah. I, I think it's one of those like secret features that people are just gonna randomly post on TikTok and get a million views to be like, did you know this worked this way? Yes. You know. And I think that has happened. <laughs> but yes, on the Apple TV it's a little harder to find to get you know, you have to make the lyrics appear first with the little speech bubble and then the microphone will appear. So it's a little uh couple more steps on Apple TV it seemed like it's impressive the reach that it has like we were going through different tracks and I found some uh, like anime music that oh. that was supported by this feature with Japanese characters and all showing up on screen <laughs> that's why you know, it would it would be helpful if they put up the romanized version of it rather yeah oh, English alphabet sure. but still saying the Japanese words but it's spelt out right that'd be helpful all right well I'm gonna say we basically had a quasi Apple event this week because Apple was just dropping press releases left and right. We even got an 18-minute keynote video published to the Apple YouTube channel. Some clues in the keynote video actually alluded to the fact that this was scheduled for 2022. If you copy the URL on Apple's Watch the Announcement button, the URL address actually includes the year 2022. So it seems like this was that faded event or that phantom event that was supposed to happen maybe at the end of last year. But just this week, and we'll go in more into detail to all of these things, but for Black History Month, they announced the new Unity Sport Loop and talk about the uh, Unity Mosaic watch face, the featured Pan-African flag, and there's going to be Black History Month content in news podcast books. That was one press release. And then new MacBook Pros with the M2 Pro and M2 Max chips, the M2 and M2 Pro Mac Mini, and then the new big HomePod, or the big HomePod is back. So we're going to talk about all of that. Wait, so you mean to tell me that Apple didn't announce new um, airports? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Andrew O'Hara tweeted a Photoshopped image saying Airport Ultra now announced. And apparently he had like some very angry replies because people were upset because they thought it was real. It was mildly convincing, but the font was too big on the learn more and order now. So Yeah, see, and I thought, I thought the title font, if it was bold, you know, because Apple's been doing like bold titles a lot for like the actual product name. But anyway. Yeah, he made a lot of people mad with that. <laughs> now, I do kind of wish that 18-minute keynote video included the HomePod in it. The video was just about the MacBook Pro, Mac Mini, M2 Pro, M2 Max. But it would ruin the surprise, Stephen. That is true. It was a surprise. It does really feel like there was a lot of jokes going around on Twitter where it was like, this was the first 18 minutes of a video keynote that also included something else, <laughs> maybe <laughs> Apple VR or something. I saw those and I was like, no. I, I mean, Apple's 
they're they're more calculating than that i mean sure this should have been uh, released in october or whatever date is going around but i think it was the same event regardless we as we might discuss the rumors surrounding the vr headset and future apple glass are all being kind of thrown into the mud right now so the idea that oh there was secretly the vr headset could have been announced three months ago sorry guys it's just not true yeah now i will say in october of last year, we got the 10.9 inch iPad with the Magic Keyboard Folio and the M2 iPad Pro and a new Apple TV 4K. And that was all via like press releases and such. I do feel like if there was going to be an event, like all of that together, it could have been the M2 story where they talk about the M2 iPad Pro, M2 Mac Mini, and then talk about the new MacBook Pros and also threw a HomePod in there. That would have been a a big event, honestly, if they did all of that. Yeah, it's Tim Cook standing in a field holding a HomePod. <laughs> Cradling it like a baby, which, which is what I'll be doing when I get my, my two new HomePods. But I'm very excited. Oh, I, I ordered yes. two as well. I'm not a monster. I ordered the midnight color. Listen, I, I got all black HomePods <laughs> originally. I have three black OG HomePods. I still wish I had bought four. Actually, no, I don't wish I had bought four because now I got the new HomePods. Right. But I'm trying white in honor of basic Apple guy. I'm going to try a white one. Um, They'll be that color for at least Listen, a week. I'm I'm going to have a little like air pressurized canister here in the studio because I'm putting them in here. I'll just spray them every day, get the dust off of them or something. We've talked about my mother's poor, dirty HomePod mini um, oh, yeah. in the past. And uh, I think because they, they smoke, right? And I think a stray ash that was still lit must oh. have landed on it because there is a what burn mark in the middle of the HomePod. <laughs> oh, no. This thing is slowly... I mean, it still plays music and it's amazing like how it, well, it's just, you look at it and you're like, oh, you poor thing. <laughs> now, I've had a white HomePod mini on my nightstand for the last four or five months and that's doing okay. No cigarette ashes? No, no, no smoking and or anything. And I mean, I have three kids, which if it's something's going to get dirty, like the kids are going to do it, but they don't typically go in the bedroom. So I may, and they don't typically come in here in the studio. So I think it's safe. If you put the HomePod mini on top of an air purifier, it might be okay. Oh. Or like right next to it. Right. That's an interesting strategy. Okay. We, I'm most excited about the HomePod, but yes, we have to actually on. talk about the, the, <laughs> the big ones. Uh, first of all, I, I just want to mention again, Black History Month, the Unity Woven Loop. Very cool design this year. The word Unity is like woven into the fabric on the inside of the loop in this abstract text. Very cool. Highlighting lots of content. Cool wallpaper uh, coming too as well. I, I like that Apple has a started adopting basically an annual refresh of their um, Black History Month and Pride bands. And I wonder if they're going to yeah. start doing more kind of like either just holiday themed or social awareness themed type things like that. Right. And the interesting thing is this, if there's also a new Apple Watch face, and typically there's a software update that will include the Apple Watch face. And some of the news this week is that 16.3 and watchOS 9.3, like all that will be coming out as you listen to this episode, if you listen on release day, which everyone should, let's be honest, that it will be coming next week. And because the, the watch band and everything available January 24th, so it looks like all the updates will be coinciding with the release of this. So that'd be cool next week. Yeah. Now, big one, MacBook Pro. So press release came out. It was the MacBook Pro and the Mac Mini all on the same day. And the big story here, it's the same design as the 14 inch and 16 inch macbook pros from before i have the m1 pro 14 inch which i think you do as well right you have the 14 inch yes i have the the basically the base model i think i think i upgraded the storage maybe but right and i, I basically did the same thing and it i've, I've loved it you know it's, a, it's an excellent laptop the only hardware updates internally obviously the chip story we'll get to that in a second but the hdmi port on these new 14 and 16 inch macbook pros actually capable of 8K video and 4K at 240 hertz. So if you ever wanted to do some kind of gaming on it, external monitor, HDMI port has been upgraded, Wi-Fi 6E, and you can get up to eight terabytes of storage. I don't know if it was eight terabytes with the last model, but it's a lot of storage. I think eight terabytes was there before, but yeah, it's an astronomical price. If you get it's, uh, $1,600 <laughs> alone. I'm going to yeah. start pricing things in HomePods. That's uh, <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, that's five HomePods that you could get for that storage. That's it. So aside from those hardware updates, we do have the chips. So the M2 Pro and M2 Max, these are new chips. M2 Pro has a 10 or 12 core CPU, up to 32 gigs of unified memory and up to 19 GPU cores. The M2 Max, 12 core CPU, 
96 gigabytes of unified memory. You can upgrade all the way up to 96 and a 38 core GPU. So again, powerful chips. What do you think about Apple kind of just press releasing a major chip update? I mean, the M2 Pro and M2 Max, sure, I think people are kind of just waving their hands because, oh, yeah, it's just a press release. But once you get into the details and especially like when we saw that Geekbench score today, that might be real. Yeah. It's just, yeah, these things are these things are pretty amazing. I mean, uh, according to that Geekbench score, again, if it's real, the M2 Pro is more performant at, with 16 gigs of RAM than the base M1 Max um, in the Mac Studio. So, yeah, and that's th that's crazy. It is crazy. I have the M1 Max mac studio but i also feel like like the power that these laptops they're incredible and one of the things that apple's really bragging on too is the battery life because of the efficiency and power of these chips part of the 18 minute keynote video that they had on their youtube channel they had like three creators one was doing development work one was doing like 3d animation and another one was doing like after effects work and they basically worked an entire day just on battery power never plugging it in and were able to accomplish incredible things just on that one charge and so that's the power is incredible. Also, the battery life with the power is amazing. I, but I also feel like a keynote, it's weird because keynotes, Apple will like do ads for their keynotes on TikTok. Like you can go and, and Apple will say Apple event this date. And if you're doing an ad on TikTok, I don't think you are targeting like power users. I think you're targeting consumer prosumer types. Right. And these kinds of specs are amazing, incredible, impressive. I don't know if a majority of people will even understand the numbers and get excited about it. You know what I mean? It's it's just interesting to me that we just had CES uh, a couple weeks ago. And uh, true. AMD goes out on stage and says, look how cool we are. We just made a four nanometer processor right. on, on a new spec that beats out the Apple M1 Max by well, some percentage that they're like, we we did it. We beat Apple Silicon. It releases in March. And then Apple, two weeks later, says, here's the M1 or M2 Max today in January, uh, two months before AMD. And AMD, I, I mean, someone that has to be hitting their head on the wall over there, just like, my good, their, their whole marketing strategy is just gone. Right. I'm sure they already had weeks worth of ads ready to go saying that they were better than Apple's best MacBook Pro. Wow, and it's just, that's true. you know, you, you have to think that they're over there just hitting this again because this. Apple's kind of killing it in this space. And it's hard to talk about because, again, they're already so good. Right. How much better do you, does someone need it to be? But it, And then I, I know I'm going to get angry Twitter people telling me, but, yeah, if you get this AMD chipset, yeah, but if you plug it in and have it in a freezer, yes, it'll outperform anything. And, but if, as soon as you unplug it, the battery will die in eight minutes, and then there's nothing you can yeah. do with it. Now, I think I'm going to put this article in this week's show notes. You had put it last time you were on the show to talk about because this was AMD's presentation at CES. But they have this slide talking about Cinebench and versus the M1 Pro, which is not the M1 Max or M1 Ultra. So, oh, sorry, yeah, they they even compared it to the M1 Pro, which again, if given that the leaps that the M2 Pro has made, like my goodness, right? Well, and, and also like, why not M1 Max? Like, if you're really going to go after the laptop market, because Apple had M1 Max MacBook Pros before, but they were saying it's up to 34% faster than the M1 Pro. And so with the M2 Max now out, you know, like this slide is moot. Like it's just, all these comparisons are are old and uh, don't apply. So incredibly powerful laptops. If you want that main machine, if you're doing like heavy video editing, CAD work, development, I mean, so glad that these machines are out there. Honestly, for me, with my M1 Pro MacBook Pro, I rarely run into a processor choke. Like I, I typically don't have any issues with speed. And so I'll be keeping my M1 Pro 14-inch. I love it. Oh, absolutely. Me too. I'm, I'm not upgrading. But see, Apple's marketing language here is really important. If you go and read the press release and go to Apple's main website, there's a couple of places that they mention the M1 Pro, M1 Max uh, comparison. But all of the languages, if you're coming from the best Intel processor MacBook Pro, or if you're coming from the best Intel processor desktop Mac mini, this is the score that the M2 gives you. Uh, so they're obviously heavily targeting people who, who haven't upgraded to Apple Silicon yet, or haven't upgraded to these higher end um, MacBook Pros. Like if you already have the redesigned MacBook Pros, your Apple's like great if you upgrade, but we're not talking to you today. And uh, I think that makes sense. I think that's a, that's a good strategy. For sure. I'll be real with you all. 
I had not scheduled an annual physical for a long time, like I'm talking years, but I just didn't know where to turn. The idea of trying to call and figure out what doctors take my insurance, it just kept preventing me from actually making the appointment. Well, I finally decided it's a new year, hashtag new me, I need to do it. And so I opened the free ZocDoc app. I searched in my area. I was able to scan my health insurance card so I know the doctors that I see will take my insurance. And I found a new primary care doctor and I scheduled my annual physical right there in the app. I didn't have to call anyone and I'm confident they'd take my insurance. My appointment's actually uh, next Friday as I record. Listen, ZocDoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun. You can see patient reviews and ratings right there in the listing of doctors. I was able to choose like a 4.9 star doctor. It was close to my house. I know they take my insurance. It's great. And if you need a specialist or you're trying to schedule an eye exam, the ZocDoc app can help you with that too. After you choose a date and time, you get the confirmation email that the appointment has been set, and then you just go. You just go with the confidence knowing you're not going to have to make another appointment. So no more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to your favorite doctor you haven't met yet. Millions of people use ZocDoc's free app to find and book a doctor in their neighborhood who's patient-reviewed and fits their needs and schedule just right. And I'm one of them. I literally used it the other day to schedule my annual physical. So go to ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider and download the ZocDoc app for free. It's totally free. You don't have to pay for it. It's incredible. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. And I saw that to be true. I could have made an appointment like for the next day. That's ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider. ZocDoc.com slash Apple Insider. My thanks to ZocDoc for helping me book my own physical. Now, also so compelling, along with the MacBook Pros, was announced an updated Mac Mini. I was I was happy. I actually called this the day before. I thought there were lots of rumors that everybody was like, press release coming tomorrow. John Prosser was saying it. German was saying it. And I was like, maybe M2 iMac and M2 Mac Mini. So I was 50% right. So we also got the M2 Mac Mini. Great update for this. Also, the Mac Mini comes with an M2 Pro. Comes very interesting comparisons to the Mac Studio, which we'll get to in a second. But the M2 Mac Mini, you can get it with either chip, M2, M2 Pro. If you get it with the M2 Pro chip, you can get four Thunderbolt ports, which is great. The one thing, though, like when you're looking at the Mac Mini compared to some of the other machines, an M2 Pro Mac Mini would be so great for so many creators. That would do great at video editing. Again, I'm, I had a video 4K on an M1 Pro MacBook Pro. An M2 Pro Mac Mini would be awesome. No SD card, though. <laughs> like if you want to plug in an SD card, you're still going to need a hub for your Mac mini just for the SD card. I would argue, and again, this ignoring the Mac studio, because I, I understand it has the UHS-2 thing in the front. Yeah. But for a desktop computer that's stationary, I think you're more likely to have a Thunderbolt dock and it's a little more excusable. Yeah, for It's sure. understandable. Like, yes, it would be nice to have that little SD card slot already in the computer. But if we're talking about the, the type of person who needs an SD card slot in the first place, they probably already have a Thunderbolt dock. And for sure. I want, I want to get into that a little bit. Like, so the Mac mini is an interesting computer. And I was talking to Andrew about this. This kind of blows the iMac out of the water. Like why even bother anymore? And it's like, well, think about it. We're the kind of people who already have advanced desktop setups. You know, we already sure. have a monitor, keyboard, mouse, Thunderbolt dock, all of this stuff. You know, we go to the store and want a Mac. We go buy a Mac mini. Yeah, we're only spending $600 for that base model, $1,200 for the uh, M2 Pro or $1,300, whatever it is. That's it. You know, maybe we get an accessory or something, but that's all we have to do. But someone entering the market, a kid just graduating high school or, or going to college or something, or parents who are getting their first home computer, just, you know, yeah, there's all sure. kinds of scenarios. Do you want to tell them, yeah, this amazing M2 processor and like this desktop is only five ninety nine, but you also need a mouse, a keyboard, a monitor, <laughs> and right for you sure. know. And so, but, like, I, I think the value proposition differs based on who you're talking to, as usual. But in this case, for me, and I, I wanted to see if you had the same opinion. For someone who's say coming from a Windows PC that they bought in 2010 to do taxes on once a year. Mm. Um, and they have a monitor, mouse, and keyboard and stuff already. Maybe they upgrade that every now and then, but they haven't touched this computer in, in, in years as far as upgrading it. And they're looking right. at uh, the market like, what do I buy? I would say, go get this oh, yeah. M2 
Yeah, $600. Best thing you can get on the market at that price, I think. It is amazing that the Mac Mini with an M2 chip comes, like you just said, starts at $600. Education discount brings it down to $500. I mean, this is an M2 chip. Like, this is super powerful. It's going to last you a very, very long time. That situation you just said, plus, I mean, if you just wanted like a home server, like I actually have a Mac Mini, runs Homebridge. I run Transloader and Downy on it for downloading videos. It's an Intel one from 2018. It's fine. But man, to upgrade to an M2 chip for 600 bucks, totally future-proof that setup for what, the next 10 years? Like very, very compelling at I think the lower end price points. Even with 256 gigs of memory, who cares? Yeah, it's iCloud fine. exists. If you're not, I'm talking to the person, like I just said, who's doing taxes or, or letting kids do their homework. It's a Mac, so it has multi-user support. You're spending about as much as a decent iPad, right. but now you have a central home hub where everyone has an account. They can just put their finger on the Touch ID if they have the keyboard, log in, and access all of their iCloud data on the machine. Like it's it's the like I have a you know my sister has a family and they have a couple of kids and stuff. And it's like if I was recommending compute a computer today, like it would be that. That would be perfect. Yeah, it was interesting you said iPad too, because I was just thinking the iPad Air is $599. You get 64 gigabytes of storage and it's an iPad, not a Mac. And so if you needed something for schoolwork, maybe you need something for multi-users, which an iPad does not do multi-users. If you were going to buy one or the other, in which the iPad Air also doesn't come with a keyboard or a trackpad right. or an Apple Pencil, it's also $599. I mean... If your choice is I have $600 to get a machine, I already have a monitor or I can at least buy cheap versions of those, $599, you can get a Mac with an M2 chip or an iPad Air. Like crazy that that's a choice you can make today. Yeah, I think I think this is going to sell a lot of machines. I think this is going to be a lot of new first Macs for people. And it's just, it's such an excellent option again, because like, I, I know people are going to complain about that entry storage, but again, it, in today's thing, unless you're doing 4K video or something, 256 is fine with when you're relying on iCloud, pay for the sure. higher iCloud storage, you're pretty much good to go. Now, the one article I was most interested in that we did was a comparison with the M2 Pro Mac Mini versus the Mac Studio. And if the M2 Pro Mac Mini had existed a year ago, this would have been the choice I was making. Like if I was going to choose, because I have the Mac Studio sitting right here. It has the M1 Max. You know, I, I upgraded, you know, I have two terabytes of storage and 64 gigs of memory. But if you were just looking at these two machines with similar specs, I love this chart we have on here. The M2 Pro Mac Mini, $1,700. M1 Max, Mac Studio, $2,000. So we're talking a $300 difference. You do get more GPU cores with those price points at those configurations. Mac mini will have 16 core GPU, Mac studio, 24 core, put the Ram at the same level, 32 gigs. You do get Wi-Fi 60 on the new Mac mini, but I'm going to hardwire my desktop anyways. I got ethernet running to it. So not a big deal. Keeping the storage the same 512 gigabytes, but on the Mac studio, you do get an additional two USB-C ports on the front and that SD card slot. And if someone was choosing, they wanted this level of performance. They wanted the 32 gigs of RAM. They wanted some significant GPU cores because they're doing some video editing, not super intense, but you know, pretty decent. That $300 difference, I mean, Apple is so good at this, like getting things so close. Yeah, the price ladder. The, pr the price ladder is so, like they they nailed this. Like I would go with the Mac Studio, 100%. So is the, you mean the Mac Mini? Um, no, I, no, I would go with the Mac Studio. Oh, because of the USB ports? For $300 to get the SD card slot, more GPUs, you have the two USB-C ports on the front. Now that I've had a Mac Studio for whatever it is, seven or eight months, I use those front ports and SD card right. slot a ton. And I would, yeah. Yeah. This, would so again, this, this all comes down to use case. This is interesting because I literally wrote this the day that we got the information uh, about the Mac mini. A lot has come out since. And I think I would even change which configuration because now we know mm. that the 12 core M2 Pro is at least technically more powerful CPU side um, than the mm. M1 Max. So okay. throw in that 12 core and now you're price matched 19 versus 19 okay and and but with more ram because uh again that that score is 16 gigs of ram for that for that higher end processor for the uh 
Mac Mini. Right. Uh, but our configuration that we've have have priced out has thirty two gigs of RAM, so you have even more. Um, so at nineteen ninety nine for both, mm. you have a more powerful CPU. You have thirty two gigs of RAM. So it, I, I think that comparison is even harder now because again, like you said, you use those extra ports, but right. If you don't, if you don't, I, I think that the performance is worth the ports because you can always add ports you can always get a dock but that performance you're never going to get back now also it's hard to talk about this in benchmarks benchmarks are meaningless when we're talking about apple's other things the neural engine and media engine the neural engine on the m2 pro will be more advanced than the one on the m1 max but the media engine for saying enough uh, technical terms here the media engine (laughs) is more advanced on the M1 Max because it doubles um, the video encode decodes that's available. So Mm. encode decode engine is more advanced on the M2 Pro, but only has one of them versus the M1 Max having twice as many. So Mm. it's, it's a, it's a weird conversation, but if you're working in video, you're getting the M1, you're getting the Mac studio. Absolutely. Right. And I think that's the biggest deal. You know, I think Mac studio really geared towards Video. I mean, if you do audio, you might be dealing with SD cards and stuff like that too. The size difference is significant too, though. I mean, you can get very, very close performance, and the uh, dimensions are hilarious in this comparison because both the Mac Mini and Mac Studio had the same like width and length, which is 7.7 inches, but the height of the Mac Mini is 1.4 inches, and the Mac Studio is 3.7. Like it's we're all talking, fan. <laughs> it's all fan. All fan. All fan. So that's kind of funny. You know, we could we could definitely beat this to death. I think the most interesting aspect of this is, like you said, the the price ladder that Apple's created from. Five ninety nine, all the way up to what's a maxed out Mac Mini forty four hundred dollars, something like that. Yeah, and then of course the Mac Studio I think goes up to sixty four hundred dollars. So with the M one Ultra, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting that with these processors that Apple has built and these computers, there's only two cases. We're only talking about the Mac Mini and the Mac Studio, but use cases from 600 to like 10x to six thousand dollars. Yes, and uh, I I just find that pretty impressive, and I I. I I like that it's so close in the middle that that you know fifteen hundred to twenty five hundred dollar price range is such an argumentative standpoint for someone going in to buy it because it gives them more choices. It gives you right. so many more options, and you get to get down to that nitty gritty of what exactly do I need here? And I'm excited to see what the M2 does in the Mac Studio. Yeah, probably in the spring, maybe. That would be a fast turnaround. I mean, that's that would be a year. One year. Speaking of fast turnarounds, I did want to bring this one up real quick. I just wrote an article right before I came in about DigiTimes. Uh, they're semi-reliable. They have a source saying that the M3 is coming to the MacBook Air this, you know, mm. 2023 calendar. And it's, I'm just over here, like, my head's exploding because the M2 MacBook Air <laughs> came out last July. <laughs> like, that's right. literally like a 13-month turnaround at, or, or tw- you know, literally a year. And... No way. Wow. I, I just I, I went into that article just screaming like, no, this this is insane. Um, this is as crazy as Mark Gurman saying that every Mac was going to get upgraded last year. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But like I'm with you, a Mac Studio upgrade to M2 Ultra Whew. seems too soon. I don't think it would come in the spring. Well, I did say spring just now, but maybe not. Maybe the fall, maybe that 16 to 18 month turnaround. But it's coming, right? Because like oh, Apple's sure. not like apparently three nanometers already in production. Apple isn't going to hold out. A seventeen for the iPhone fifteen is coming this fall, and that's three nanometers. So M three is either like December of this year or early next year. So that M two Ultra has got to come out, and the only thing running it is the studio. So I think it's gonna be a big year for Apple. I know a lot of news before was like coming recession, yada, yada, like supply chain, you know, might be whatever. The, the word was muted. This is going to be a muted release cycle for <laughs> Apple. And, and as soon as like, I saw that, I said, no. <laughs> before we're even three weeks into the new year, Apple drops all of this, including oh, the big HomePod. We got to talk about it. Yep. One last thing before we get to it, because I thought this was hilarious. We did a whole like, or someone tweeted the trade in value of like a specked out 2019 <laughs> Intel Mac Pro, yes. which at the time, if you had bought it, would have been over $50,000. 50 grand, like car territory pricing. If you go to trade that in directly to Apple today, you'll get about 950 bucks <laughs> for that $50,000 computer, which I, 
I mean, I get it. Like Apple probably doesn't even want it back. That's why. If you take a Ferrari to a junkyard and crush it, you'll get four hundred dollars out of it. So, I, 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 that's my equivalence here. You're when you do the trade-in program at Apple, it's a you want to get some amount of money out of something that you don't you, you don't deem worth trying to sell on the on the market. And there, right. and Apple actually maxes out their trade-in program at twelve hundred and fifty dollars. It doesn't matter what you have. Right? Did I? I don't know like why the person did the exercise of let's let's see if we can trade in this fifty three thousand dollar computer. <laughs> um, I don't know why they would bother. Uh, it's hilarious the result, but still, it's just. I, the angry responses don't make sense to me because no, I no. mean I've gone to GameStop with a uh, God. It, this is back in the day. I think it was like a PS, like a or a, <clears throat> no, I'm sorry, it was a Nintendo Wii and like 15 video games, controllers, accessories. Oh, you're gonna get ten bucks, ten bucks uh, for that. Ten bucks store credit. I think uh, you, they wouldn't <laughs> even give you cash. Uh, so. <laughs> That's yeah, it's that's what we're talking about here. Like trade in is nonsense, but it that was a that was a good sh- shock story. I like that. Yeah. And also, if you bought a fifty thousand dollar computer four years ago, you probably don't need to trade something in to buy a two thousand dollar computer. You know what I mean? Like I just yeah. Apple Silicon, man. I mean, it is kind of compelling, especially with those media engines. The fact that the afterburner card was basically garbage after the media engine was announced for the m1 pro like just looking at that mac pro just kind of makes you feel a little sad (laughs) yeah yeah it's true most exciting for me news this week was that the big home pod is back which ah, so excited did not expect this does not have all like the screen and smart you know stuff like we had talked at least on HomeKit insider we had alluded to the rumors of that but i'm just glad it's back big home pod it's powered by the S7 chip. Interesting, it's not an A-series chip, but... For reference, the HomePod Mini uses the S5 chip, so... Oh, really? Yes. Okay, yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering thank you for that. That's good. Matter and thread are built in for your HomeKit smart home needs. The U1 Ultra Wideband chip is included, like the HomePod Mini, so you can do that nice handoff. The screen on top is a little larger. Don't know about the larger top screen. The Well, I think it's even smaller. The animation goes all the way to the edge. Oh. Uh, so if you look at your HomePod right now, if you have one nearby. I'm looking at it right now. Um, the top kind of, uh, kind of peeks out a little bit. The glass is actually kind of sticking out of the top. The yeah. new HomePod... Um, adapts the HomePod mini design of having kind of a concave top where it kind of sinks in. So there's more fabric around the top edge and the um, physical width of the HomePod didn't change, but the width of the top fabric is thicker and it curves around the top glass. So it's actually a little smaller, but it's an illusion because the animation now goes all the way to the edge, whereas it did not before. So like the home pod mini, right? The home pod yes. mini goes all the way to the edge. Got ba- basically it. the same top glass as the home pod mini. Yeah. Just bigger. got it. Okay. It also has a built in temperature and humidity sensor, which we will get to because that is also getting enabled in the home pod mini with 16.3, two lesser things on this new big home pod as opposed to the original. There's two less tweeters and two less microphones built in, which We'll have to see. There's been some early reviews. I think The Verge actually got like early access to it. They said it basically sounds the same. So I don't think there's going to be some kind of decrease in quality. Okay. Well, I wanted to comment on that. Okay. I don't know if you read this. The Verge got to visit some portion of Apple's studio, like a secret. I don't know if they were in New York or LA this time, whatever. Do you remember the first time they were able to HomePod? I think that was in New York. They went to like a secret apartment and listened to the HomePod. Yes, yes. I I wonder if this is the same situation, but I, I wouldn't take any stock by what they say about the sound quality here because um they first of all they said they can't tell you everything that they saw on this tour they they can only sure. mention one room that they visited this all hush hush and it was a single home pod sitting on a stand and they got to listen to a stereo pair in like a very isolated circumstance without any comparison to the original set so if someone just took you to a random room and started playing music are you going to really be able to say oh yeah that sounds better mm, true Anyway, I'm just going to say we'll get into it with a comparison because I discovered a few fun little facts here. I expect it personally to sound better, but we'll see. Yeah, and I have a feeling they do too because part of the software updates has been like better sound, especially for spoken word stuff. But we'll get into the software in a second. One other hardware difference, and this I was a little disappointed in, the new HomePod has Wi-Fi N instead of Wi-Fi AC. And I look back the- Wi-Fi 4. (laughs) Yeah, and the original HomePod did have Wi-Fi AC, which is- faster, newer spec, not even the newest. It's not Wi-Fi 6E. I think Wi-Fi AC is closer to the equivalent of Wi-Fi 6. 
But considering this, you can't connect it by Ethernet. AC is the old naming convention. Um, I think right. it's been renamed Wi-Fi 5, and N is Wi-Fi 4. So gotcha. we jumped back a generation. For a device that doesn't have an Ethernet port, like you can only connect this thing to Wi-Fi, it seems strange to downgrade the Wi-Fi chip from AC to N. Probably won't have much of an effect on your actual day-to-day -day use of the device, but still just seems like a weird omission. I imagine this has something to do with margins. Maybe that's also like the tweeter mic situation. Although they did redesign the entire inside of the HomePod. Like it is actually a physically different layout. So maybe that's why. I will argue the processor might be to blame because mm. that's an Apple Watch. That's the full Apple Watch SoC. And if you look at the HomePod Mini, it also uses 802.11n Wi-Fi, which I believe is the Wi-Fi standard used by the Apple Watch as well. So this is a limitation of the chipset, not so much a price cutting thing, but I think Apple decided that since it's only doing audio over Wi-Fi, like it, the only thing Wi-Fi is used for is getting information from the internet to the HomePod and it's not playing video, it's not uh, rendering a video game or even a web page. It's literally just playing audio. So I think uh, way more bandwidth than you would ever need, probably gigs of bandwidth versus Bluetooth, right? So yeah. it's way more than what Bluetooth has to offer, but still overkill for what the HomePod does. It's a weird spec to have, but I think it's fine. I was feverishly Googling to hopefully prove you wrong about the Apple Watch Wi-Fi, but you're actually correct. The S7 chip, which was found in the Apple Watch Series 7, only goes up to Wi-Fi N, 2.4 and 5 gigahertz. And so like you're saying, with a system on it- And the HomePod yeah. Mini is also- Right. And so the HomePod Mini has been Wi-Fi N the whole time. If it's a system on a chip, yes, the Wi-Fi thing is probably built in. So it makes sense from a technical standpoint. Again, like real life application is probably fine. Anyway, I'm excited about it. You can pair two of these, obviously, like you always have. You cannot pair a new HomePod with an old HomePod for a stereo pair. You can only pair two HomePods of like generation. Can't do a Gen 1, Gen 2. There's also no home theater kind of setup that you can do, like with rear speakers as HomePod minis. None of that. Stereo pair is all you get. You do get Dolby Atmos. And I will say I used two OG HomePods with an Apple TV in like living room setup for a while. And it did sound amazing. Like it sounded incredible. I imagine these will sound also incredible, maybe even better. I love that this thing is back. I went back and looked at the TechCrunch article from March, 2021. Apple gave TechCrunch a direct statement. And I do think it's funny. They told TechCrunch the HomePod, OG HomePod, or however they called it, was discontinued. Like Apple said the word discontinued. Now you could say they meant the first generation's discontinued, but the second generation is not, and that's coming later, but the, Apple didn't say that. It does really feel like, though, that this is one of the few products, maybe the only, I, was, I tweeted trying to see if anybody could recall another product like this, where Apple said, this is discontinued, seriously implying that the line of this product is done, and we are only focusing on the HomePod mini, and then for a new version to come out less than two years later, too great fanfare, it seems like. So I think it's interesting, but I'm glad it's back. Apple never announced it, but MagSafe comes to mind. Um, MagSafe was the other one, yeah. Scissor switches. Oh, sure. Yeah, and the keyboard. They abandoned technologies and returned to them, but it's uh, under different circumstances. And I would be willing to make the argument that this is not the same HomePod. This is a different product, just has the same name, because the internal reconfiguration of this is it's insane. It's a completely different speaker. You could argue, okay, so the four inch main driver is still there. Yes, that is still a the same sized main speaker, but has fewer tweeters, but each tweeter has its own, what what's the word for that? Pneumonium, whatever magnet has its own, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> whatever magnet um, system. So the, the tweeters are going to have more power per tweeter, uh, better, higher frequencies and stuff like that. The rearrangement of everything internally also means that you're probably going to get better um, response. Apple also said there's a lot of new technologies in here that didn't seem to appear in the first HomePod. Again, if you read my comparison, it's difficult to determine what's new because Apple didn't draw any direct comparisons to the original model. They mentioned what they called an all-new system <laughs> sensor, which I don't know what that means. Does it mean that the system sensor is new or this is a new version of the system sensor? I don't know. Uh, but I, I went and, and dragged through all of Apple's PR about the original HomePod and there's never mentioned anything called a system sensor. So I'm assuming that this is a new device. And basically now there is a separate computational system 
specifically for sensing audio as it is being played and adjusting mm. it for a uh, better playback, which gotcha. the other HomePod did computational audio using microphones, but I wanted to point out that this is different because this HomePod is also doing computational audio using microphones and has the system sensor for even more advanced computational uh, adjustments. So that's interesting. And it's also like the AirPods Pro and AirPods Max, I believe, which do kind of like that adaptive EQ taking the, you know, the internal measurements of where your ear is, like in the cup of AirPods Max and how it sounds there. And it's making calibrations to the EQ and settings based on that. So maybe, you know, that included as as well as what the microphones are picking up. But anyway, it also looks like the microphones have been moved. Hmm. I can't tell from Apple's diagram here, but either they're lower in the HomePod or more spread out, but there are fewer of them. Right. Um, they were previously around a ring at the center, uh, but now the tweeters point at an upward diagonal instead of outward straight. Like they, they were almost 90 degree pointed straight outward in the original. So right. a lot of small adjustments, but if you deal with audio at all, the smallest percent change in speaker direction makes a huge difference in how audio is reproduced. So, oh, for sure. Um, I again, I I can't go into this thinking like, oh yeah, it's going to sound identical or similar. You know what I mean? This episode is brought to you by Collide. Traditional endpoint security tools can make your workplace feel like a surveillance state, turn users and the IT team into adversaries and ultimately drive your employees to work on unsecured personal devices. This is not good, but it doesn't have to be this way. Collide is a device security solution built around honest security. Their philosophy is that employees aren't your biggest security risk, they're your biggest allies, and your relationship with them should be based on transparency and informed consent. Collide works by notifying your employees of security issues via Slack and giving them step-by-step instructions on how to resolve those problems themselves. For instance, maybe they save some passwords or secret keys in a plain text file on their desktop. Well, Clyde will see that. Clyde knows that's not a good practice. You shouldn't do that. And so they'll get a private DM in Slack saying, hey, here's a better way to do it. Here's the step-by-step instructions on how to more securely save those passwords. So for IT and security teams, Collide provides the right level of visibility for Mac, Windows, and Linux devices, and it can answer questions about your fleet security that traditional MDMs can't. You can meet your security goals without compromising your values. Visit collide.com slash Apple Insider to find out how. And if you follow that link, they'll hook you up with a goodie bag just for activating a free trial. Free trial free goodie bag. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash Apple Insider. Collide.com slash Apple Insider. And that link is in the episode show notes. Our thanks to Collide for sponsoring this episode. They're also interesting. They are including a temperature and humidity sensor in the new HomePod. And with the 16.3 update that's coming to the HomePod mini, if you remember there was a teardown back when the HomePod Mini launched and a temperature and humidity sensor was discovered inside, but unusable by the user. Well, the 16.3 update coming presumably next week will enable that sensor, temperature and humidity in both the HomePod Mini and now in the big HomePod. And those sensors will be surfaced in HomeKit, in your home app. And you'll be able to use them as cards and automations in whatever. Love that. Love that the HomePod mini mystery from two years ago about what is the sensor doing in here? Now it is enacted with 16.3 and there's a bunch of other improvements. Real quick, let me just run down 16.3. You're also going to be able to set recurring home automations just by speaking to Siri. Andrew O'Hara actually has a video on it. He installed the release candidate and you can do that right now. But if you say like open the blinds every day at 9 a.m., It will actually create that recurring automation for you just using Siri with the HomePod. Find My, if you have family and friends in the Find My app and you're already sharing location, you'll be able to ask your HomePods, HomePod Mini or the new HomePod on 16.3, where your family member is or partner, and your HomePod will tell you before you couldn't do it. Also, audio improved for spoken content like podcasts, and also remastered and ambient noise can be included in like scenes and automations with the HomePod. So all of those software updates coming to both HomePod mini and this new HomePod in 16.3. These are fun. I'm, I'm glad the other HomePods are getting these updates. Um, 
16.3 is also coming to the original HomePod, so that also includes audio improvements for oh, speech, right. uh, the remastered noises. You'll be able to give the Siri automation commands. The only thing the original HomePod is not getting from this update is temperature and humidity because it doesn't have the sensor. It doesn't have the sensor. Right. I want to know the conversations around that sensor in the HomePod Mini because why now? Why yeah. has it been laying dormant for years was it some sort of software issue that they couldn't get right? Was there some sort of support problem? Was it matter? Did matter somehow activate the sensor? I just wonder what the conversation was there and why it took them this long to, to bring it up because I think it's amazing. Now, yeah. you want a HomePod in every room, not only because it provides audio and Siri and all these controls, but now in the Home app, you can see per room temperature and humidity and have automations based on that. Run a dehumidifier if it gets too humid in here. Yeah. Or turn on the in-room heater or in-room air conditioner if it gets to a certain temperature and then turn it back off. Like I find that really great. And before, I don't know if you've ever looked at this, but Ecobee sells individual room sensors that do this. Yep. I have them. They're like $50 <laughs> a piece or something. Yes. It includes one depending on which Ecobee model you buy. Yeah. So I have like one additional, but yeah, they're expensive. Yeah. So like just double the price you can get an entire home pod <laughs> that does it so yeah interesting yeah i wonder one of the other interesting things about the temp and humidity sensor is third-party apps will not be able to see that data so like if you open the eve app or other smart home apps that work with HomeKit, eve again we'll just use that as an example you cannot access the temperature and humidity information in the eve app it is only available in the home app so like you were asking i'm not sure if it's some kind of weird home kit or matter thing thread maybe but it is strange that third parties don't get access to temperature and humidity which is pretty standard like home kit information i'm glad that this has a thread radio i'm glad that it, you know it's technically a matter hub whatever um that translates to right. i don't know if that'll really mean anything for users of home kit devices already but uh it could be important later yeah definitely happy that this exists home pod returns you know not the home pod yeah. too not you know but it's it's the home pod <laughs> yeah just just home pod i'm super excited i got i got two white ones like i said coming in oh and one other feature for smart home triggers like if you're asking your home pod to do something like change the temperature in this room or open or turn on the lights in another room that i'm not in if it's something that you can't visually see in the room that you're speaking to the home pod in it'll actually be a confirmation tone to let you know that it was successful and so if you ask to change the temperature but you're not near your thermostat to see if it actually changed your home pod will give you a nice little sound andrew o'hare also covers that in a video to let you know that it actually worked it actually went through i i have a thinking experiment here for you uh-huh yes i have a sonos setup kind of um i remember back in the day uh 2016 era uh, everyone was like oh apple should buy sonos it's the Sonos apple it's the apple of speakers or whatever this is sure. uh, prior to home pod i believe because that was 2018 I was like, I need a home theater system. I'm going to go for Sonos. They seem smart. And then a couple of years later, uh, they do this super deep partnership with Amazon and I cry a little bit. But um, <laughs> anyway, so I have that era. I don't know what generation you call it, um, but it's that era of Sonos. It's pre uh, Alexa voice control, sound bar, subwoofer, play one speakers, right? Yeah. As my, or play, play three speakers as my living room setup. And then I have a bedroom theater system because why not of a slightly newer play bar uh that's airplay 2 airplay 2 yeah and uh, i have two play ones hooked up to that but no subwoofer and after apple announced this new home pod it got it in my brain again of do i want to do ditch sonos is this is it finally time and mm. I, i'm going to set up the two i got two home pods i'm going to set them up in stereo pair in a way that would be good for um, TV audio in the living room and test it out right. against the Sonos system. Obviously, I'm aware that they're not going to be able to reproduce the audio of that subwoofer. There's nothing I can do sure. um, with Apple's HomePods to do that. I wish there was like some sort of weird hack that would let me throw in a third-party subwoofer, but there's just no way to do it. But then it got me thinking, why not just do HomePod minis for the Apple TV in the bedroom? Um, yeah, so, you could. So anyway, I wanted to ask you, like, what would it take for you to use home pods as your main theater system like would apple have to release a sound bar or some or maybe partner third party wise and come out with a apple approved sound system or something like that so i have one room 
where I have like a whole 7.1 setup with like ceiling speakers. Nice. And I'm like, I'm not changing that. Like, that, <laughs> <laughs> like if anything, I'll upgrade a receiver. Maybe I'll upgrade the ceiling speakers in the future. But like I did all that work moving into this house and building it. You literally like, built your house around this theater. Literally did. And so like that's not going anywhere. Now, in my bedroom, I do have a Sonos Beam and a Sonos Sub Mini. Sounds great. I love it. I also like that I can mount the Sonos Beam. And I have this, I've done this with an Arc in another room too. It's mounted right under the TV. Like it actually connects to the TV mount. There's no additional thing connected to the wall. Like it's all just self-contained. It looks really clean. Nice. And you know, they make like wall mounts for home pods and stuff like that, but it's just not a clean of look. And I don't think it's as discreet. Now they sound great. Again, like I use two OG home pods in a like home living room setup and it sounded really good. I do think a standalone subwoofer, if you want it to make like a real close to theater experience, I do think you need a dedicated subwoofer. I don't know if Apple would ever do a dedicated sub, but like you're saying, like it's just it's really hard. The the home pods, the even the big home pods get really close. It sounds really good, but man, the Sono sub, I have the big one paired with an Arc, it just sounds amazing. And I do think Sonos does things like the Sonos Move, which I have one of those outside in the pool area, and that again, I like. I don't know if Apple would ever make a battery powered HomePod that you can just like take off a MagSafe charger, which I would be all about if Apple did something like that. It would be amazing to have a HomePod that taps to a MagSafe charger. You use it like a regular HomePod, but then you could pick it up and carry it around. Would be amazing. But like those kinds of unique use cases, it'll still have me foot in each system, like Sonos over here. Apple over here. I wish I could use Sonos in like HomeKit scenes. It's just that you can't do it. Uh, I've tried it multiple times. And so for that reason, I would love to be all in on HomePod because the HomePod works seamlessly in HomeKit scenes and shortcuts and all that kind of stuff. So I do love it. I just, I don't think Apple's going to make those niche use cases like a standalone sub or battery powered portable speaker that actually sounds great. And so I'll be foot in both worlds for a long time, I think. So I know it's a moot point, but I think uh, I've kind of made the decision i I really want to go all in on on homepod and apple just because again i i want to reduce my ecosystem footprint i guess is what you could say so yeah i think i might go ahead and downgrade my bedroom system to two homepods i don't know if you call it downgrading i don't need a bunch of noise for the bedroom i'm just watching tv sure and i honestly did the math and i think i could literally sell those three speakers for hundreds of dollars and buy one homepod mini and and be there (laughs) like i'll make a little bit of money (laughs) but the living room setup sadly i personally want to get rid of sonos because i just don't want a proprietary connected system like that anymore i kind of want to go to a maybe a home kit receiver that you know, just routes dumb speakers. And then anytime I want to upgrade my audio, I just move up the speak, get better speakers. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, like I, I think that's my future. Uh, like Sonos is nice, but Apple's done such a great job for home pods that I think, uh, I just want to lean into that and sure. hope that maybe they give us some kind of home pod soundbar in the future and subwoofer. But I, I did want to <laughs> show you this cause I was shopping around yesterday and I found this silly, <laughs> this <is> amazing, <laughs> this amazing. silly battery pack. I love it. Tell, tell, tell me what you see, Stephen. This is a mission battery base for HomePod Mini, and I feel like I, I remember you actually doing this when HomePod Mini first came out with like external battery packs, like USB ones. But this is a bespoke HomePod Mini little stand. You put the HomePod Mini in this little hourglass-looking stand. Cable management. You run the HomePod Mini cable. It coils underneath this little stand. Plugs into this thing. Assuming it has a battery inside, up to nine hours, it said, and you charge this little stand, but then you can take this HomePod mini wherever you go, you turn on the base, there's a power button on the mission battery base, you turn it on and it powers the HomePod mini, and now you have a portable HomePod mini that can go anywhere, at least your Wi-Fi network carries. So, that's funny. It's it's pretty hilarious, but also like only $42. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. not not bad. There's other ones on here too. I just found a plus ACC for HomePod Mini battery. It's a little more of a symmetrical base, a little more uh, low profile, but also kind of cool. <laughs> it's kind of a cool idea. I, I I am all for weird accessories, guys. If you ever found like weird HomePod or AirPod accessories, throw them our way. Like I I love 100%. finding the most random Apple adjacent accessories I can for sure. I have a snail holder for my home pod mini for the kitchen. It, it turns the home pod. <laughs> it's like a shell for the snail and it's a little wooden snail. Yeah. That's hilarious. That's funny. All right, real quick. I do want to mention 
Most likely next week, we're going to see 16.3 launch. Obviously, these updates to HomePod and HomePod Mini, but iPhone, tvOS, Apple Watch, all of that stuff. I'm really hoping for some serious bug fixes. I still experience lots of bugs on my iPhone 14 Pro, but also found in the release candidate code of 16.3, there's a change referring to the, again, Phantom Apple classical app. Apparently, in the there's a line of text now in the release candidate software that says, instead of, it used to be, quote, a shortcut to Apple classical, now refers to, quote, open in Apple Music classical, that maybe Apple has internally changed the name of the app or how they're referring to it. And there's also a line of code that says, quote, explore this artist in the app designed for classical music. So it seems like Apple is still working on, still thinking about the Apple Music classical app. I joked just earlier this morning that maybe the Apple Music Classical app will only be available on the big HomePod screen. <laughs> I don't know. But Steven, uh, as another part of 16.3, I did want to ask you a question. Um, uh-huh. Are you looking forward to the new architecture update for HomeKit? Listen. Because <laughs> it's, it, it's coming back. I'm fairly- It's coming back. Yes. I am just, let me caution everyone. It was not good before. I would not do it on day one. You couldn't reverse it, right? You're still in the new architecture. No, right? yeah, you can't reverse it. No, I'm I'm still there. I reset my light switches every other week. It's fine. I'm in it too. I don't think it's architecture related, but I keep having my nano leafs do the thing where they're just like, nope, sorry, yeah. not, not responding. Exactly. I, I'm going to blame the architecture though and hope that it gets fixed in the next update because that would be very nice. I'm hoping so too. Screen time has been a mess with me and my kids' devices. Just so many weird bugs. So hopefully 16.3 solves everything. Maybe there'll be like an Apple Music Classical release alongside. You know, Apple do that sometimes. Like, hey, 16.3 and you can now download the Apple Music Classical app. We'll see. One last thing before we go. This is, again, I, I don't want to complain about Twitter all the time, but apparently Twitter and Elon Musk has cut off access to third-party apps. And so all the apps like Tweetbot, Twitterific, all these great Twitter apps that have existed for many, many years, they are now unusable. You can't use a third-party app to access Twitter. Again, this is likely a push so that people will see the ads that Elon is trying to put on the platform. It's just sad because I'm, I'm so torn because when all this news was coming out about the M2 Pro and M2 Max, the HomePod, my reaction, and really the only place I went to to tweet about it and to read what others thought about it was Twitter. That's where I went to see all this stuff. And I just, I didn't think of Mastodon at the time. I went to Mastodon like days later and was just like, this is not the place still for this stuff. Like, I just don't think it's going to be that. But it just seems like Twitter is bent on making it the most annoying platform to use. Like they added a for you tab and it separated it from the following. So now when you open the app, it's this weird for you tab and you're seeing tweets from people you don't follow and they haven't been retweeted by anyone you follow. It's just trying to show you things that Twitter thinks you like, even though they are making it so hard to still like the platform. Like it's still where I go to tweet about Apple stuff and the new releases and what I'm excited about. And so it's just sad and I'm torn. I hope they revert this. I mean, Twitter has reverted several things. It just, you know, I've announced and then reverted just in the last several months since Elon has taken over. But the third-party app thing would be a huge loss. I hope they change it. Charge me money for it. Put ads in the third-party apps. I don't care. It's, I didn't use the third-party apps to get away from ads. I mean, it was part of it, but the experiences were so much better. I mean, yeah. I am struggling to, because I'm using the main Twitter client, and I am struggling to do my Twitter completionist nonsense. I know it, I shouldn't use Twitter that way, but I do. And it's like, where, where was I last? And then I pick up my iPhone, and it's a different spot than where it is on my iPad mini. And it's just infuriating. Like where, where So I have to scroll to the top and then scroll down yeah. backwards and until I see what I saw before, and then like, okay, I'm good. And then, yeah, you have to go to the following tab. If it, Sometimes I accidentally end up in the For You tab. I'm like, what, what am I seeing? Like, what am I looking at? And it just don't understand where all these tweets are coming from. Who are these people? It's like For You is the opposite. It is not for me. It is the worst possible pile of information I've ever seen. And like, fi- go to following. I'm like, oh, here we are. This is the Twitter I'm actually here for. And yeah. it's so weird that it's built that way. It's, it feels like the worst experiment in history as far as like social media goes. And it's <laughs> it sucks. It's bad. And I did want to mention, yes. so one of my little use cases for Twitter is I'll have a video game on. I have my iPad mini on a table next to my couch. As you do. And I leave the display. I, I, I leave the display on. I've learned that you can trust that it's not going to burn in anymore. So I just leave it running <laughs> and I'll have overcast on one side uh, in a split view sure. playing whatever podcast I'm listening to 
podcast art is nice and big, you know, on half the screen. And the other half of the split view was a Twitter client and now is the Twitter client. And the difference is maddening because I'll look over and be like, oh, I'm going to refresh. I'm going to see what's new. You pull down the refresh, pauses the podcast. <laughs> really? Yeah, because the audio playing the, the badoop thing like oh, pauses. And then I scroll up. Uh, I'm like, okay, okay. So I go hit play on the podcast again, start scrolling up, pass a video. It's not even playing audio from the video, but I pass a video, pauses the podcast. I'm like, oh my God, like, well, I, I can't do this. Like, this is not how, it's just, it's so bad. It's such a bad experience. I, I hope it changes. I hope Twitter yes. gets better again. If this is the Twitter we have to deal with, that's fine. I, I'm not one of these people that's like, you know, I hate Elon Musk. I don't like what he's doing. I don't like the business decisions he's making. I think it's all a mess. But also, just make Twitter better. I don't want to see it burn and die. Like, I like no. this platform. Make it better. Do good. Like, give us a reason why you're taking away all these good features and make us want to stick around, you know? Yeah, I agree. Uh, but I don't want to end on a down note. So I'll just say again. HomePod is back. Very exciting. Very, <laughs> Very exciting. exciting. And uh, we'll begin. I ordered it, getting them February 3rd, launch day. I just looked. You can still order a big HomePod and get it February 3rd. So it doesn't seem like they're super constrained supply wise. I'm hoping people buy them. I wouldn't expect. Yeah, I wouldn't expect it to get constrained. I want people to buy them though so they don't make it go away again. Like <laughs> they need to keep making keep making these. So as, as right. again, Base Capital Guy said, we're just going to get a subscription. Just send me one a month. Maybe one every other month. I probably don't need that many. Right. And uh, we'll just, just keep making them, Apple. It's good stuff. Anyway, let us know if you got a HomePod, if you got a new Mac Mini, MacBook Pro, any of the things that Apple announced this week. You can tweet at Wes and myself. All of that info is in the show notes. Of course, you could support the show and get an ad-free version at patreon.com slash Apple Insider or directly in Apple Podcasts. Of course, listen to the Apple Insider daily to hear some familiar voices on there as well. And tune into HomeKit Insider on Monday, Andrew and I. Go even deeper on a lot of the HomeKit stuff from all this new HomePod excitingness. That's not a word, but you know what I mean. Anyway, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.